Hey, Locked Inside listeners, it's Erica Stapleton, and I want to thank everyone who's listened to our series so far. And now we've got some updates and new interviews I think you'll want to hear. So here's our first bonus episode and a warning. This episode includes violence, graphic details, and conversations about serious mental illness. Good afternoon, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us for First at Four. I'm Tram Mai. I'm Mark Curtis, also breaking on First at Four. The Gilbert Group home that was at the center of a murder investigation will no longer be allowed to operate. New records. At the end of June, we learned that Tilda Manor at Wild Horse Drive lost its license. We left off at the end of our series in a limbo of sorts. Tilda Manor still had its license for that group home in Gilbert. Despite the state health department filing to revoke its license, and despite the gruesome murder that took place inside more than a year before. You'll remember that group home resident Christopher Lambeth was accused of killing housemate Stephen Howells in April 2021. But to the surprise of many neighbors and a lot of our listeners, Tilda Manor was still technically allowed to operate. That is, until June 2022, when we saw the house in question was wiped away from the health department's online records. I always felt really safe around him. He bombed on me. Bombed on you? Yeah. What do you mean bombed on you? This is episode seven of Locked Inside, Scared. And this time, we have some new perspectives on Christopher Lambeth and the tragedy at Tilda Manor. Because he never caused any trouble. And we got our hands on disturbing new evidence that shows what happened with Christopher Lambeth in jail less than two weeks after the group home killing. How was he choking you? Put all my clothes on and his, his arms around my neck. And his arms was around your neck. Did he cut off your airflow? I'm Erica Stapleton. And to start, I'll introduce you to a woman who was inside Tilda Manor the morning of the murder. My executive producer Katie and I weren't sure what to expect when we first pulled into a quiet neighborhood outside of Phoenix back in May 2022. We were planning to meet with a woman who lived at Tilda Manor. She invited us to talk with her at her new group home with her manager's approval. That's when we first met Tanya, who was sitting comfortably in the living room when we first walked in. Did you have breakfast today? Yeah. What did you have for breakfast for the mic check? Eggs. Eggs? How do you like them? Good. Yeah? <laughs> I looked around. The home was clean, and several of her housemates walked through the living room and said hello. A staff member sat across the room in the kitchen as we talked with Tanya. There was a big display on the wall that listed out the group home's rules, a stark difference from what Tanya remembered at Tilda Manor. I don't know, it was just horrible. I know when I first got into that place, like I had a feeling, like a bad feeling, and I don't know what it was. Tanya said she got a bad feeling. But before that, she had been hopeful. She said she talked with the Tilda Manor manager and really wanted to get the help she needed. Made it seem like it was a really nice place. She told us she was placed in the home after a stay at a psychiatric hospital for paranoia. At Tilda Manor, she shared a room with two other women, and six men were living on the other side of the house. All the residents were supposed to be under 24-7 supervision as they managed their treatment plans and medications. I was released from the hospital. I had been out of the hospitals a lot because of my paranoia, so when I got there, I finally got stable. 
there's a few of my housemates that really helped me with that, you know. So I finally got stable and I was there for two years. The chaos the morning Stephen Howells was killed was like nothing she'd ever experienced before. I remember waking up to a bunch of loud noises. I didn't know what was going on. It sounded like I heard somebody screaming. It sounded like people were fighting. We first started this series with a 911 call. 3583 Wild Horse. Staff members at the Tilda Manor group home on Wild Horse Drive calling for help after they said one of the residents tried to attack them early in the morning on April 12, 2021. But there's another 911 call that morning you haven't heard yet. 911, where's your emergency? Yeah, 3583 East Wild Horse Drive. At Tilda Manor? This was Tanya inside the group home after she was startled awake. Things were falling onto the floor, so I immediately told myself that it wasn't a very good situation, so I locked myself inside my bedroom closet and I called the police. But they had told me that they were already on the way and that they were approaching the house. We have officers that are there now. Oh, they are, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just heard a bunch of stuff going on and uh, I got scared, so all right, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Although she sounded cool and collected on the phone, she let us know she was terrified about what could be happening on the other side of that door. She remembered waiting several minutes, still hiding in her closet, before hearing an officer's voice. I had no idea what was going on. I remember the officer came into my room and asked me for a towel. Even after the officer came in and asked for that towel, she was still in the dark. She was eventually escorted outside, where she was reunited with some other people living at the house. But she quickly realized two of her housemates were missing from the group. I was sitting outside and my roommate next to me said, why did Chris kill Steven? And I just like, I thought she was like, didn't know what she was talking about. I was like, we weren't supposed to be talking to each other. She had blurted that out to me. Police records show Tanya talked to a few different officers that day. She told them what she told us, that Stephen kept to himself, and Christopher never had any outbursts or violent episodes before. The two guys didn't really interact. Stephen was pretty new to the house, but she said she'd been living with Christopher Lambeth for more than a year. Um, I sat next to him whenever we'd have our weekly group. I always felt really safe around him. During the summer, last summer, we were playing um, games. We were playing like, uh, like Uno. We were playing Uno and ordering food together and stuff. We asked her why she felt safe around him. Because he never caused any trouble. And he just seemed to care about everybody. Our reporting for this series uncovered that in the months leading up to the killing, there were warning signs. Christopher Lambeth's mood seemed to change. He was isolating. And there were questions about whether he had access to his medications. He was also being pressured to move to a home with less supervision and wasn't happy about it. Yeah, I had heard about that, and I also noticed on my way out when the cops were taking us outside that by the door there was a bunch of boxes, I guess, that were in his room. And all over each of them it said nobody, so I was assuming he wrote that and put them by the door. I don't know. I think he had a lot of anxiety because I do remember the day before this incident happened, 
I was sitting in the living room with him and he told me, you know what, I'm really, really nervous about moving. Instead of moving into his own apartment that morning, Christopher Lambeth was taken to the Lower Buckeye Jail in South Phoenix, run by the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. He was booked on a murder charge after allegedly killing Stephen Howells. But 11 days after that group home killing, something happened. Hey, I'm Detective Flake from uh, Jail Crimes. Jail Crimes. Yeah, you want to talk to me about what happened? In a records request, we got an audio recording of a jail crimes detective talking with an inmate. Yeah, this is that guy bombed on me at the, um, at the cell for the... No, I mean, at the holding tank for no reason. He vomited it on you? He bombed on me. Bombed on you? Yeah. What do you mean, bombed on you? He just took off on me. This man in custody is explaining to the detective that he was being moved to go to another jail with a group of other inmates and was placed in a holding cell with one other man before they were to be moved out. But that didn't go according to plan. Who, who else was in there with you? We also got surveillance video that clearly shows what happened. It was April 23rd, 2021. Again, just 11 days after that group home killing. In the video, you can see Christopher Lambeth walk into an empty holding cell with one other man. Both are wearing jail-issued orange shirts and orange pants. The other man is holding some papers, and Christopher Lambeth has nothing in his hands. Records show that both men were recently released from the mental health unit at the jail and were awaiting transfer to a different jail in downtown Phoenix. For the first 17 minutes of the video, the other inmate paces around the cell, switching between standing and sitting down with his papers. Meanwhile, Lambeth is sitting on the back right corner of the cell on a bench, just blinking not moving at all. When the other inmate goes to sit down again on the other side of the bench, Lambeth, seemingly out of nowhere, leaped up and started punching the other inmate in the face, kneeing him, kicking him, and even wrapping his arms around the other inmate's neck. How many times, how many times did he hit you? Uh, he hit me a couple times. Think about that, that guy right there. I was swinging at him. No, I wasn't even swinging at him. He just started getting me. I go, damn, man, I said, nah. I started crying like a little baby. I'm like, nah, nah, dude. The other man fell to the floor and tried to shield his face, but Lambeth didn't stop. Now, how was he choking you? Put all my clothes on and his, his arms around my neck. And his arms was around your neck. Did he cut off your airflow? He cut off my airflow. How long were you not able to breathe? Uh, for like one, three seconds or whatever. Three seconds? One, one to three seconds or whatever. And that was in an arm lock? That was in an arm lock. The surveillance video doesn't have audio, so we can't hear this fight or the moments before it. But this other inmate told the detective Lambeth didn't say anything to him before or during the attack. Do you know the guy that attacked you? Do you know his name? Uh, no, I don't know. I just never met him before. That was the first time you've seen him? First time I've seen him. And did he say anything to you at all during the process? He didn't say nothing to me at all. He didn't say anything to you? No words? He said nope. no, nothing no, came out of his mouth? Nothing came out of his mouth. You didn't hear him say a single word? I didn't hear him say a single word. Okay. The video shows the attack goes on for two minutes and 20 seconds before Lambeth appears to shove the other inmate away. Then, Lambeth lies on the ground and puts his hands behind his back, seemingly complying with a guard's order to stop. All right, so let me get let me uh, get your story straight, okay? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, all right? Yeah. 
You're in the intake holding cell waiting to be moved mm-hmm. with him. It yeah. was just you two. Mm-hmm. You're cleaning up. Yeah. Uh, you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. You had your papers. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he attacked you by punching you with closed fists in the face. In the face. The investigation report shows that Christopher Lambeth declined to talk with investigators after the jail attack. When he was presented with an incident report on the matter, one investigator wrote that Lambeth looked at the document and simply said, guilty. The other inmate suffered a broken nose in the beatdown, according to court records. He was talking with the detective at the hospital and still sounded a little rattled. And it's like, dude, I can't fight you. Like, I, I, I just, I can't fight you. And You're a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I can't fight you. Seeing and hearing about what happened in the jail cell, I can't help but think about Stephen Howells, bludgeoned to death at Tilda Manor, allegedly at the hands of Christopher Lambeth. I also think back to 2005, when Christopher Lambeth killed his grandparents in a brutal attack at their home near Tucson. It's hard to understand why he was alone in a cell with someone else, given his violent history, or why a brutal attack like that could go on for more than two minutes. I'm just happy to be here and out of that situation. And I just hope that wherever Chris goes, that he gets the help that he needs. It's a little tough to hear, but Tanya said she hopes Lambeth, who was once her friend, gets the help he needs. Chris wasn't a bad guy. He really wasn't. Um, I don't know why he did this. In the hours after Lambeth's arrest, Tanya said that she and the remaining housemates were taken to another house to talk with a counselor. Then she was put up in a hotel for the night, so she wouldn't have to return to the crime scene. The very next day, she said her caseworker pulled her from Tilda Manor. She said she's been staying at her new house, where we went to meet her ever since. I just hope that wherever he goes, that he can get the help he needs. As of this recording, in November 2022, Christopher Lambeth is still in the Lower Buckeye Jail under a $2 million bond. The county said it couldn't comment on whether he was in the mental health unit or receiving treatment. Lambeth's trial also got pushed back and is now scheduled for May 2023. The trial includes both cases, the murder charge for allegedly killing Stephen Howells and an aggravated assault charge for allegedly beating up the other inmate. Lambeth has pleaded not guilty in both of those cases, and court records show his attorney could be laying the groundwork to start guilty except insane proceedings again. His current attorney has not responded to any of our requests for comment. As for Tilda Manor, I've been in touch with various attorneys representing them throughout this whole process. And still, none have sat down for an interview. In September 2022, we learned that two more Tilda Manor locations failed to pay licensing fees at two of their other locations, meaning they can no longer operate those spots. And as of November, there is only one Tilda Manor listed on the State Health Department's website, but records show that license expired at the end of October. Even though Tilda Manor is a business, these homes are just that, homes for people who need help, supervision, and structure while trying to stick with treatment plans. From where she sits in her new home, Tanya says she's better off ever since she left Tilda Manor, telling us she considers herself a survivor today. 
I'm doing very well and stable here. Um, hoping maybe to move out and be with my family. Thanks for listening to our first bonus episode of Locked Inside. Next time, we're looking for solutions and bringing all the concerns and questions about group homes straight to Arizona lawmakers. And if you want to see more of our reporting, we made a documentary piece that covers our investigation. Just search Locked Inside Full Documentary on the 12 News YouTube channel. Locked Inside is written and edited by me, Erica Stapleton. Executive producer is Katie Wilcox. Fact-checking is done by 12 News intern Raven Payne. Audio mixing is done by Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland. Locked Inside is produced by the 12 News I-Team and Vault Studios. A special thank you to Will Johnson and Reed Redmond at Vault Studios. If this story resonates with you or you want to share your experience, you can send us an email at connect at 12news.com. We'll catch you next time on Locked Inside.